0: Welcome back to 32GI Sports Nutrition. I'm Mr. Active David Katz, and I hope you've been enjoying some of the video content we're producing now as part of our 32GI classroom over the last couple of weeks. A great uh, first episode launched, uh, part one of the 32GI story, and what a story it is. And very closely linked to that story, of course, is Mark Wolf. If you haven't seen that video, I'll put a link up to it. But another video that we have launched recently, and, and this I find very important, and some people miss this aspect when it comes to training training and training and nutrition and that is around training around your heart zones and it's something that Mark Welf has worked very hard on putting together and Mark it's an important thing for people really it is that uh, you need to understand per zone and what level you're training at will affect the way that you sort of uh, your diet and how you fuel yourself around, around that session or that level of activity you're doing.
1: Uh, I think it's very important, Dave. You know, I work with a lot of athletes and uh, I always look at heart rate as a a measurement of effort. Um, I have mentioned that in the video as well. Uh, Not just uh, from a nutrition point of view, but from a health perspective, you know. Um, Interestingly enough, um, and it's something I didn't mention previously, but uh, my cardiologist actually um, works a lot with uh, athletes, whether they're comrades, marathon runners, or Ironman athletes. And he actually mentioned to me that One of the biggest things that he's seeing in the industry at the moment is something called ventricular dilation, where the right ventricle actually becomes enlarged uh, because people are overdoing it all the time. Um, And it's been shown that, you know, you do need intensity and quality sessions, but you need to have that in a much smaller percentage as to – and as far as training goes, a lot smaller percentage – Um, and you need to actually also focus on, you know, lower heart rate efforts over a longer period of time. And, you know, really we know that those uh, aerobic sort of efforts, um, especially for endurance athletes, play a very critical role. Um, And if you take a look at that, I mean, that's just from a a, a training sort of health and holistic uh, perspective. But if you take a look at that and and then you look at nutrition, without a doubt, the the time and intensity – that you you you're training for and at is, is so so critical when it comes to deciding how you're going to eat maybe before during and after a training session you need to understand what the recovery will be how you're going to feel during if you're going to feel during um, and that plays a very very important role and nutrition and um, uh, time and intensity they plug together those three aspects have to plug together in order to be able to create a uh, sort of a, a proper healthy environment from a A training and a nutrition perspective.
0: So Mark, looking at the video you put together and all this research you put into um, heart rate zones and how you fool around it, what was uh, the real crux of that? What can people take out of it?
1: Well look, you know, working with athletes, a lot of people actually say to me, should I be fueling during a training session? Uh, What should I have before training session? And uh, what should I be having after training session? And my question to them is, first of all, what time are you training? Um, because that's very critical. You know, if you're training very, very first thing in the morning, uh, very early in the in the morning, um, you know, possibly you might not need to uh, take any pre-training fuel. Um, again, it depends on the duration of that uh, training session. If you're training for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or two hours, it obviously will make a difference. And then also the level of intensity that you're going to be training at. So generally, I look at um, I look at three levels of intensity. I just break it down and I say, look, it's either going to be a low, medium, or high level of intensity, and based on the duration of those three levels of intensity, let's have a look and see what kind of fuel you should be taking from a recovery perspective, uh, what kind of fuel you should be taking, and if you should be taking during training, uh, and if you should be taking something before training. And, and really, the, the time and intensity will determine those factors. Um, this is a, as a simple example, and I don't want to spill all the secrets on the, on this podcast, but as a simple example. You know, if an athlete goes and he has a a, a very very low intensity session, um, and it's a sort of a shorter session, might only be 60 to 90 minutes, even sometimes after two hours, but it's very low intensity. Um, a lot of guys will go post exercise and they will just eat a whopping load of carbohydrates. So I disagree with that fact. I mean, the thing is, is that you don't actually need uh, to take in a large amount of carbohydrates post a low intensity session. The reason being is that you really haven't chewed up any anything close to to you know your glycogen stores. Um, you probably haven't eaten into as much and you really don't need to try and get your blood sugar up. You probably are sitting very, very stable in more of a fat burn session and so so if you just take that as a simple example, a low intensity over a certain period of time, you know, that will ultimately determine the kind of macros that you need to look at uh, post exercise. Um, if we if we look at somebody who's performing at a very, very high intensity and it's for a specific duration of time, we might then introduce a high carbohydrate meal post exercise or, or recovery shake. Um, maybe even two meals, um, based on obviously the time and the effort that they put out, because they might have actually chewed into their glycogen stores, uh, they also might have quite low blood sugar, and we need to try and help recover them as quickly as possible. Um, to me, the, the critical aspect of endurance sport is how rapidly you can recover between sessions, and recovery is sometimes very, very often misunderstood.
0: Well, if you haven't seen the video, (coughs) excuse me, we'll put a link up um, on the website. You can go to 32gei.com or look at our YouTube channel. Mark, looking at um, intensity in terms of, of fuel that we utilize, of course our body utilizes glucose and it utilizes fat. Just briefly talk us through, as that intensity sort of rises and the heart rate rises, how that changes from your level of sort of glucose that you're using versus fat and, you know, almost right up to a maximal heart rate sort of area.
1: Well, look, if you look at the sort of an average well-trained athlete, I mean, generally uh, when somebody is performing at a very low intensity and you're calling that maybe your zone one, to zone two uh, sort of uh, effort level, which is a percentage of your maximum heart rate, um, you'll find that uh, probably the greatest fat enzymes are probably anywhere between, I'd uh, say, 40 maybe to 60% of your maximum uh, 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 heart rate. And um, the thing is is that uh, at those particular levels, you're actually breathing very, very comfortably. You're getting a nice amount of oxygen into the system. Um, of course, if you're getting a nice amount of oxygen into the system, you are able to utilize fat as a source of fuel, and uh, there's no need to overdo carbohydrate intake, uh, absolutely not. In actual fact, a lot of people do overdo carbohydrate intake in those zones, and it's really, um, you're basically saying, I've got my own natural energy source, but I don't want to use those fuel tanks, I'm just going to take an external fuel source. And generally that leads to an unhealthy situation and can also lead to weight gain, um, which is a problem, but it also leads to a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, And quite often, the athletes also find it leads to gastrointestinal distress or GI distress, as we call it, because they're overloading the stomach, and there's absolutely no need to do that. Obviously, as you start to increase your pace and perform at a much harder rate, your heart rate will climb. Um, The heart uh, definitely needs to pump more blood around the body. It also needs to cool the body a lot more, so as the body temperature rises, there's definitely a cooling aspect. Less oxygen comes into the system it doesn't mean that you're not burning fat at a higher intensity. It just means you're burning less fat than you were, you know, at a lower intensity. Um, But if you look at your zone 3, for example, you can still be burning anywhere between 60% fat to 40% glycogen. In some well-trained athletes, you might even find that the fat percentage is even a lot higher because they're so fat efficient. They can burn off a lot more fat at a much higher intensity. But, um, you know, in that case, you might have to increase your carbohydrate intake slightly over time and you might actually need to, um, uh, you know, take in different fuel sources and also a different amounts of fuel sources at that particular time. Um, if I always say, people say to me, how do I know if I'm burning fat or, or what zone, and, I, and I, I say to them quite simply, um, in zone one and two, um, you can talk pretty effortlessly, um, in zone three, Short sentences in zone four, maybe a word or two in zone five. There's absolutely no talking whatsoever. You're puffing and panting at such a hard rate, you can't even get a word out. So if you, if you, if you don't have a watch in order to be able to guide you from a heart rate perspective, then, uh, you know, you can utilize uh, just listening to your own body and seeing how comfortable you are during a session and you'll ultimately know, uh, whether you're in a fat burn zone or not. Um, obviously at a very, very high intensity, um, you know, you're chewing up a high percentage of your glycogen stores, and that will definitely be your zone four to zone five, a much smaller percentage of fat. And in those zones, you ultimately need to feed yourself a much quicker and faster-releasing carbohydrate, and also maybe a higher-calorie uh, um, uh, product in order to help to spare as much glycogen as possible. Uh, you can't spare it indefinitely, but you can you can spare it for up to a certain uh, uh, amount of time. And uh, and 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 that just shows you that how zones would actually uh, influence the type of nutrition that you're taking in, uh, which is which is it's really critical to understand that because um, you know based on uh, on a particular training session, people plan their routes when they're training, and people plan um, how fast they're going to go and how long they're going to go for. But a lot of times people don't then say, all right, now let me look at the nutrition and plug that nutrition into that intensity and that uh, um, period of time for that particular training session. And that's what's lacking uh, quite a bit.
0: Well, for a great... um, And there goes my voice again. For a great visual representation of what Mark has just explained, do go check out the video. If you haven't seen it yet, we will put all those links up. But also check out the website, 32GI.com. Go to the 32GI classroom. And also, if you have any further questions regarding the topic for Mark, do email coach at 32GI.com. And stay tuned. Next week, we've got another video launching on Thursday, part two of the 32GI history. And this one's really important and very motivational because it's about education when it comes to 32 gi and uh, without that education as mark has just told us you aren't able to understand what you need from a nutritional point of view and 32 gi definitely has your back in this department so stay tuned to 32 gi plenty of podcasts and great video content coming your way in the next couple of weeks 32 (laughs) gi leading sports nutrition provider Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors.